BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hello, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Another fantastic episode for you. Travis Irvine's going to fill us in on everything that you didn't want to know about the debt ceiling conversation. Don't worry, we're not going to get anything. Yeah. <laughs> also, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she bought chapstick for like $100,000. So uh, I hope it's worth it. I don't know. Maybe it comes with a wonderful lifelong subscription with to herpes. Who knows what's going to happen? It's Kevin McCarthy's chapstick. And we have so much more. But first, Irvine, Fernando, you boys ever been drunk? <laughs> no, never. You ever, you ever been Texas House Speaker Dade feeling drunk. Definitely. What? No. This dude is absolutely insane. Texas lawmakers, they already have an investigation going on with Republican Attorney General Ken Paxton. Ken Paxton is potentially going to prison over uh, accusations. He's been investigated by the FBI. He's been accused of corruption by former staffers. Now we have this dude, Dade Phelan who was presiding over a a vote, and oh my God. At first, I was like, did he have a stroke? Mm -hmm. Is he, like, freaking out? Did the medication hit the wrong vein in the dome? But it turns out, according to all sources, it was just absolutely hammered. Whoa. let's give a little sound to Dade feeling, because who doesn't love when their house speaker is so drunk they belong on the House floor. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, I'll move adoption. Mr. Campbell, send that amendment. The amendment is acceptable to the author. Is there objection to the opposite amendment? Uh-huh. The chair amendment is adopted. Straight <laughs> face. Amendment adopted. Straight face. The chair recognizes Mr. Mr. Johnson of Harris. Uh-huh. Mr. Johnson of Harris to speak in opposition to the bill. And then this guy somehow gets lost and he can't find his way to the microphone. But Dave Feeling, he's got it uh, all locked down. The chair recognizes Ms. Niabe Criado to speak in opposition to the bill. That is not her name. <laughs> it feels like four o'clock in the frickin' morning as you're trying to get all of your friends out of the bar to go to an after party <laughs> and the Uber is there. And you're like, the Uber, guys, guys, Uber's here. But you that think you're like, I'm controlling this totally day. perfectly. And meanwhile, you sound just <laughs> like that asshole in a suit and tie. Of course, when it comes to Texas, they have some serious issues. And as we've talked about a lot on this show, the real power lies in the state house. Mm-hmm. But I guess Dade Phelan didn't feel like showing up for work sober that day. Not just not sober, but actively in the height 
of wonderful whiskey-induced comatose. My God, he's House Speaker, but they should call him House Slur, ladies Whoa. and gentlemen. Thank you so much. It reminds me of that movie starring a... LPN's own Henry Zabrowski, The Wolf of Wall Street, when Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio do so many quaaludes, they like can't talk and breathe <laughs> and move or anything, yeah. except this guy has extreme power over the Texas legislature. But what's interesting is Paxton, again, that's the AG that is currently being investigated from by the FBI and, of course, internally within Texas. They've also, Paxton is now using this as an example of corruption within mm, the Texas legislature okay. because Phelan has been on the forefront of accusing Paxton of corruption because Whoa. lawmakers, uh, they have apparently been aware that he has been indicted on securities fraud charges and he's been known to, again, just be a total fraud. Paxton uh, was separately indicted on security fraud charges in 2015. So it's known to the Texas legislator that he is a fraud. And because of that, uh, Paxton was able to say, hey, at least I'm not drunk like mm. Mr. Phelan. Well, th mm. The thing about Phelan's drinking is like it. It had to have gotten to this point. He didn't just start drinking this morning and like decide to go to work. I'm going to get a little bit drunk. He's been drinking and drinking and getting worse and worse until he can't even talk. Yeah, well, he's in good shape. So maybe <laughs> uh, it's working for him. So because of this feeling said in a statement, Mr. Paxson's statement today amounts to little more than a last ditch effort to save face. Because, again, basically, they're like, Paxton, you're a fraud. And he's like, feeling strong. <laughs> yeah and that's how they're wow. debating the, that's the people's house and it mm. sounds way too much like many people's actual homes they're not mutually exclusive though just because yeah. a guy's a total drunk doesn't mean you're allowed no. to do a bunch of corruption so you're both wrong <laughs> right. you're since, both wrong since april the committee has issued at least 12 subpoenas for testimony and information to people and entities as a part of the paxton probe so mm. again Paxton, this is not going to be your way out of controversy or trouble. But Dade, hold my beer, literally. Don't drink it, <laughs> yeah. please. Yeah. At least Dade <laughs> feeling. God damn it, man. At least Dade feeling took a little bit of heat momentarily off of Paxton. Each of Paxton's accusers were they either quit or were fired. And of course, he is under investigation from internal uh, affairs in Texas and of course the FBI as well. So mm. who knows if you're, if you're Paxton, you're like, well, it's a good day for me and my campaign. No one's talking about the fact that I look drunk because <laughs> Dave Phelan actually is. Oh yeah, my this Lord. This is just another result of one party rule. You know, that this is inev inevitably they start turning on each other, man. And it's like, you're corrupt. You're drunk. You're all out of here. Yes. Oh, I'm just masturbating here in the corner. <laughs> Fine. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
All right. Well, speaking of drunk, Marjorie Taylor Greene, this story is so ridiculous. I don't know. It kind of ties into the debt ceiling, I suppose. So there's this guy, Kevin McCarthy, right? He's the Speaker of the House. And wow, are his lips chapped. (laughs) They must be really chapped because Marjorie Taylor Greene paid $100,000 for a stick of used chapstick. Again, really focusing on the things that matter the most. This was an auction that the GOP was having to fundraise. It was an impromptu action in order to bid off an item. I literally cannot believe. So in the Texas State House, everyone is hammered and acting like children. And then on the federal level, they just had an impromptu auction. Hmm. Mm, just for fun. Hmm. Yeah, for yeah. funsies. I remember when we used to just play like seven up or something like that. But nonetheless, the auction was uh, for the chapstick of Kevin McCarthy. He only used it a few times, so it wasn't really that wet. Marjorie Taylor Greene was like, yo, dude, I want that chapstick because I'm dry as fuck. (laughs) And then she said, I'm going to give you $100,000. So Greene sent in a statement. uh, She says, I'm honored to be able to donate $100,000 to the National Republican Congressional Committee to help Republicans increase our majority in 2024 and defeat the Democrats. Isn't this the swampiest thing that someone who wants to drain the swamp can do? Buy a $100,000 chapstick as a donation to the always struggling National Republican Congressional Committee? Please. 100%. Yeah. I mean, who else just has $100,000 lying around to buy a, I I assume this is just a bit for an entire bit surrounding this chapstick. To be fair, she was getting the chapstick so she could make a donation, but she wanted to get lipstick uh, for her boyfriend's next drag show. Hello. Whoa, uh, hello. Now you've really done it, Travis. Absolutely on fire. Delicious. Well, there delicious. Is there's some details. Apparently, he agreed to attend a dinner with the winner and <gasps> whichever donors and supporters they wanted to bring along. Oh, my so God. That's How? what she bought. Can you imagine? Uh, it's just Dade feeling sitting there. Nice pants. Nice pants. How sad is your life when you pay for a dinner with Kevin McCarthy (laughs) and Marjorie Taylor Greene? If they were at an Applebee's bar, I would sit three chairs away (laughs) and just I'm watching the game. I'm focusing on the game. (laughs) Can you imagine fanboying or fangirling out when you see Kevin McCarthy? I mean, it's like insane. But that is true. People do. When I was yes. working at Fox yeah. News, Newt Gingrich had fans. <laughs> there was a staffer. I forget oh what show God. they worked on, but Newt was coming on to do some stupid ass thing. We're preparing for Red Eye. And they were like, Newt, I've just been following your career for 30 years. I just love you, Newt. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, Newt has a fan? Here's and my, they do. My reasoning is that they, it's not Newt. They're a fan of the Speaker of the House. Again, so she didn't pay 100000 yeah. to meet with Kevin. She could give a fuck about that guy. She gave a she gave 100000 to meet with the Speaker of the House of the United States of America. Wow. Well, I, I will point out, MTG, she is. Remember, she fought for Kevin McCarthy back in January. Oh, when, right. Remember when he kept losing the, the <laughs> vote for Speaker, like, what, 15 times? That's when you need the chapstick for us to kiss everyone's asses. Who did, were, the people who were not voting for him. 
That's why uh, he needed that chapstick. But that's why MTG, she's actually, you know, she is on Team McCarthy. And so you got to think she's going to get something out of this. Well, if she's going to get a seat, right? Because as we know, mm. that's how you get on the committees, the most powerful committees mm -hmm. in the world. If you take you play nice. into account how powerful America is, you uh, spend $100,000 and you give it to the uh, Republican Congressional Committee, and then they yeah, reward you with a dinner, <laughs> yeah. and then they give yeah. you whatever House seat, whatever yeah. committee seat yep. you freaking want. And that's why there's no merit-based promotions mm -hmm. when it comes to politics. You literally right. just purchase the seat or you fundraise so much money where they give you whatever the hell you want. This is according to Marjorie Taylor Greene. She says, my constituents will be honored to host a visit with Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who we all think is doing a great job. Oh, so there you go. So well, he, well, he's not hammered on the job, so I guess that's good. That's even worse. If Dade Phelan was like, well, let's do an auction. I'm auctioning off my underwear. I'd be like, you know what, Dade? That's a drunk idea. And you are nailing it. <laughs> As drunk speaker of the house in Texas, the fact they did this theoretically sober, although, you know, most of these politicians <laughs> in their Bibles, there's a little flask without a doubt. What's interesting to me is that there's even pushback within the Republican Party. Apparently, there's people asking her because she was on on the Steve Bannon's podcast, The War Room, asking the war for room. Asking that man for has more never money. Seen a war. Yeah. So she's asking for donations. So I guess there's this woman. Uh, I don't know her. Grace Chung. She apparently is saying. Where did that money come from, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Is it donations MAGA mm. people gave you or is it, you know? Probably. I mean, it's all money laundering, isn't it? That's exactly this is the it. prime example of money laundering. Mm -hmm. It's also exactly. if you saw the budget for the Pentagon, like they pay like a thousand times more than you're supposed to pay for like a screwdriver yes. and a hammer. Yes. This is just mm -hmm. that on steroids in front of the American people's eyes. Also, again, Travis, perhaps you can fill us in here shortly on the debt ceiling. All of this was supposed to be taking place. The conversation about the debt ceiling was supposed to be so taking true. place. And then the uh, Republican-led House said, let's have an auction instead, mm. where then they <laughs> right. wasted $100,000 and funneled it uh, to theoretically a series of campaigns through that committee. According to Democratic Representative Nidia Velasquez, uh, she says spending $100,000 on ChapStick while working overtime to gut the programs that working families rely on. GOP right. priorities in a nutshell. And indeed, mm. it don't read really well to me as just mm. a citizen of this country. Be like, what are y'all doing up there in, in the District of Columbia? And again, not, getting hammered. Not her money. Donations. That was buying, freaking donations. Buying used ChapStick. For $100,000. I would say if I, hmm, whose chapstick would you buy for $100,000? Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill. Wow, he said that quick. <laughs> Superman. Uh, Superman. Superman. I don't need, I don't need to think quick. about it. Very quick. Man, I'm just thinking of porn stars, but hey, their chapstick again. Is, <laughs> I don't know if I need it. Mm. I'll do Henry Cavill twice. I'll Henry buy Cavill oh, twice. No. All right, fuck that's, it. Well, that's that's two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> that's Fernando. a lot. Pay up. Yeah. Pay up. Let's have an auction. Oh, but back God. to your original point, Benny. Yes, it's the swampiest shit. This is absolutely everything that these people ran against. These MTGs, these Boberts. This is what they ran against. But it is just again, you get a you get a big old nice salary there if you're a congressperson, right? But then you got all your different packs and dark money. And you move all that around. And that's essentially what she was doing is $100,000 moving it into the coffers of the overall mm. 
Republican House committee and so how smart. they so raise and spend money. And then that can, I mean, you can literally just go back to her too. They can decide what to, whatever they want to do with it. So Rosie Perez from White Men Can't Jump. Oh, mm. she was oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. beautiful. I need a time uh, machine, but uh, Emma Watson, but current Emma Watson, of course. Thank you. She's okay, beautiful. Okay. Very good. Good choices, boys. Good choices. Let's, let's go on. <laughs> let's discuss what defaulting on the debt ceiling would mean just in the most tangible sense, how it will impact you, us as a whole, Social Security, Medicare benefits, uh, tax refunds, and of course, military salaries. Uh, so the fact that, again, they are holding this as a uh, debate point, as leverage is absolutely disgusting. And we can just focus on military salaries. If we can focus on anything, but let's right. say military salaries, these people who are willing to put their lives on the line for our country. And now the country itself doesn't know how to get them a paycheck. The most, the most basic thing a government should be able to do pay their military, especially when they get damn near a trillion dollars a year in a budget. Um, but anyway, Travis, tell us a little bit about what's going on with the debt ceiling debate and where is, cause I'm just, I've read, Biden wanted to cut a trillion dollars. And then I've read uh, the Republicans aren't happy with Biden. He's not cutting enough. And then Biden said Social Security is not on the line. But then he said it is. And then they said, we're not going to allow you to have student debt forgiveness. That's off the table. But then someone said, well, let's put it back on the table. My head's about to explode. Yes. And unfortunately, the United States economy could also explode with oh. your head here, Ben, because that is what is at stake. The debt ceiling debate, or the debacle as it often becomes, happens every few years. And this is literally just, again, the fact that the United States, we spend too much money. Yep. We bring in trillions of dollars, but then we spend trillions and trillions of more dollars. And this has been happening for decades now under Republican presidents and Democrat presidents. And it all started at the beginning of the century when... George W. Bush inherited a balanced budget that right. was worked out between President Bill Clinton and the Republicans in Congress. We Newt. had a Newt. He, that's what makes him so cool. Oh, Zero yeah, dollar Newt. deficits that he made. Hey, Newt, but can you actually, oink for me really quick? Just uh, oink for me, Newt, would you? <laughs> he was very good at oinking. He was but the again, best. Go on. W. Bush then went and proceeded with the Bush tax cuts, which uh, cut $5 trillion from the United States uh, bringing in that kind of money wow. from tax revenues. And then he also simultaneously went and started, that's right, a $5 trillion war. Ugh. And all this happened over about a 10-year span there. Right. And that's what got us into an even bigger hole than where we were at, at the beginning of the century. And then uh, Obama obviously inherited this debt. I remember him saying it in his first State of the Union speech. It was a real good firecracker shot across the bow over to the Republicans saying, because of the debt we've inherited. I remember Chuck Schumer just standing up and clapping. <laughs> oh, mm, baby, mwah, you powerful. gotta love it. All right. But then Obama, of course, went and also just kept spending more money and increased the national debt. And then Trump came along and we're thinking, okay, maybe this guy, he talks a lot about balancing the budget. He knows budgets. He's a billionaire. And sure enough, he also had tax cuts to the very wealthy, decreased our revenue again, and then kept spending more and more money. And then Biden came along. And this is where we are. I think at this point, we are 27 to 28, maybe even approaching $30 trillion in national debt. So what it's, is raising the debt ceiling? Yes. It is allowing the U.S. federal government to continue to spend more money oh. than we have. And that is the debt ceiling. It is, continues, but it needs to be approved 
every so often by Congress because Congress has the power of the purse. Right. And the executive branch cannot spend money without Congress approving it. And that is why we always kind of end up in this situation where we're spending too much money. We're not bringing in enough. But then Congress and the president, they have to work out the details. Well, and of course, we're spending too much money. That's why we have universal health care and the roads are all paved. Um, Free education, too. Don't forget, <laughs> yeah, don't forget the fantastic education. Everybody has health care. Well, what's so nice is you don't need heat anymore with all the books you're burning. So uh, this is going to cause millions of Americans to suffer. Uh, they say that this could be as bad as the uh, economic collapse in 2008, which led to a global recession. Oh, my God. Again, this is just where people get so upset. A group of economists wrote in a 2021 article, a default would fundamentally hinder the federal government from serving the American people. They go on. Payments from the federal government that families rely on to make ends meet would be endangered. The basic functions of the federal government, including maintaining national defense, national parks and countless others would be at risk. The public health system which has enabled this country to react to a global pandemic would be unable to adequately function. So there's a lot from a national, I'm sorry, just a second, Travis, but from a national security perspective, from a human health perspective, and then obviously, again, the dinner table issues of how how are we going to pay rent right. uh, this month? Right. And again, that's if we default. And, and keep in mind, the United States has never defaulted before. It always gets worked out, no matter who the president is, no matter who's leading Congress, they end up figuring it out. So we've actually never defaulted. The 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 alarm bells are going off this time because, again, Kevin McCarthy, as we just covered, is beholden to these six fringe Republicans who held out and didn't let him be speaker for 15 rounds of voting. And he now has to kowtow to whatever their demands are. And, of course, naturally, again, what Republicans always seem to want with their congressional budgets that they put forward is they want to cut services for the poor. Uh, that includes SNAP benefits. You name right. it. They want to do uh, work-based testing for people to receive benefits. And then they want to do, again, tax cuts for wealthy people and corporations. And this is where Biden and McCarthy are meeting, trying to come to a compromise. But all those worst-case scenarios you just laid out, that's what's going to happen if we do default and we right. can't pay our bills. And then our credit rating, our AAA credit rating goes down. And th that's where these doomsday scenarios that you just described really come into play. So yes. that's what makes it so dire. But it's also what makes it so dumb because McCarthy's <laughs> been in power since January. They've known this deadline was coming for June 1st. Right. And they could have hammered out these details a long time ago without putting everyone in this little time crunch of a week before and mm -hmm. making the stock market go crazy because that makes other people's savings go up and down and bananas too. So Absolutely. Again, Kevin McCarthy, that's why he needs that chapstick, man, because he's got a lot of ass kissing to do. He really does. I hope uh, MTG will let him borrow it every now and again <laughs> after she's done using it. Uh, but that really is a fantastic point when it comes to who is benefiting from all of this. I right. don't understand right. why I don't get, uh, it's just pure obstructionism. And then mm -hmm. I don't see how the right or the left are happy with any of this right now. But yeah, it, I, it just makes the government look bad. I I, I don't know. I, I push yeah. back on that. I feel like it only makes Biden look bad because it looks like Biden is refusing to work with the House. It looks like Biden is refusing to work with the new guy. Well, it's because but it's also because Republicans are putting in what they would call a poison pill. They are, you yes. know, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they want to they want to bring their social bullshit into it. I would push back Fernando just a little bit in that. 
no matter which side you're on, it makes the other side look bad. And that's the benefit. Right. Kevin McCarthy can mm. go on Fox News and be like, we're trying to cut, we're trying to cut the budget, cut spending. And he trying doesn't say where. Snap, trying to cut this Right, snap, he's not right, mentioning right. that he's trying to cut programs for poor people. He's not going to say that on Fox News, but he can just paint Biden as not negotiating with him. And then Biden or whoever spokesperson he wants to send over to MSNBC can basically say the same thing about the Republicans running Congress. I, again, I think mm-hmm. the most unique situation that we're in right now is, I mean, Boehner got it done with Obama. It always gets done. It's just right now, Kevin McCarthy, they're just, they're trying to do this time crunch thing so he can look like he's tough on the Democrats. And those, again, six rogue Republicans mm-hmm. that almost didn't make him speaker can go back to their constituents and raise money on it as well. And uh, naturally, again, bringing in the culture issues, they're tying immigration to this. Mm -hmm. They're tying so many different uh, really important issues in our country to the debt ceiling debate. And I just wish that they could be separated. We have to obviously pay our bills. And this is money that we've already spent. So it's not there's. It's uh, it's just so infuriating because these people are the ones who are telling you, pull up your bootstraps. Well, you don't need a five dollar coffee, do you? If you make coffee at home, (laughs) you have a generational Z millennial. um, You're going to save ten thousand dollars a year. So why don't you buy a house with that? These are the same people scolding folks who are struggling to make ends meet. And they literally can't do the most basic thing that every single person has to do in their life, which is pay their bills. Or end up homeless, which I'm going to say this, maybe all of these people should be out of a job and on the streets and out Mm. of the house. Question. Yeah. So question. This is also separate from the quote unquote recession we may be experiencing, right? Yeah, that's That's, a whole nother thing. So this is we're all there's already people struggling to pay their bills. And these people are then paying with the paycheck that's supposed to be coming. It is. uh, Yeah. 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 It's horrible. Yeah, not just for federal employees, Fernando, you're absolutely right. But also, again, like we outlined, the millions and millions of Americans who are on these various programs, the Republicans are trying to cut while, again, playing with something as big as our credit rating as a country. All right. Well, let's move on. Talk a little culture war bullshit. Montana. I love John Tester out of Montana. He's their senator. But God dang, I don't know what their uh, I don't know what their governor is up to. They're the most recent state to go after drag story hour events, Mm. which, again, were things that happened. And now all of a sudden they're like big deals, even though they're not at all. Montana has become the first state in the nation to specifically prohibit anyone wearing drag from reading to children in schools. Mm. Good. So, yeah, that's so good. So smart. So nobody's going to read it. <laughs> no one's anymore. reading. I read yeah. it. I was on Instagram and I uh, watched a little uh, clip of a librarian and she was showing all of the books that they were throwing oh, yeah. away. And, oh. you know, we hear about, you know, hot button books like Gender Queer and those sorts of books. And uh, in reality, well, obviously, those are also on the chopping block, but also just history books. Yeah. Just straight up history, like, like normal mm-hmm. things that we grew wow. up with. Boxes and boxes and boxes full of books that are banned from public schools. I believe that took place in Florida. Right. I'm fairly certain Texas is doing something similar. And obviously, mm-hmm. in Montana, going down that road when it comes to bringing social issues into the classroom No kids give a shit. Just give them an education. They don't care if the person's in drag. It's Mm -hmm. fun. It's just fun. (laughs) Yeah. 
And then you can be like a kid in the back like me and be like, hey, can I touch those honkers? <laughs> Sweet. It's kind of funny. I mean, I don't know. I is it, Maybe it's just my childhood, but I grew up, you know, because my older brothers are gay. Eric loved RuPaul right, growing right, up. Right. And this was before like drag race and shit. I don't, I was just like, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Rue has a be- penis. Right. I used right. to tell a stand-up story about how I did a little bit of did. But, you know, who cares? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I don't know. I feel like I've we've beat this horse dead repeatedly already. There is no reason. These are drag performers or some of the only people wanting to be involved with re- reading to these kids for yeah. free. Right. <laughs> and right, it's not right, right. and it's not because they're perverts. They're not trying to indoctrinate your kids. They have no sexual interest in your kids. So the idea that they're grooming or any of that bullshit, it's just that. It's bullshit. It's red well, hair. We're gonna get into some grooming here in a second. And I'll tell you one thing, drag queens are not involved. The measure specifically, again, this is in Montana. The measure specifically mentions drag kings, drag queens, and drag story hours. Mm. Uh, This is what it says. This is what it explicitly states. A school or library that receives any form of funding from the state may not allow a sexually orientated performance or drag story hour. It is funny that they kind of separate the two Mm. on its premises during regular operating hours or at any school sanctioned extracurricular activities. So. Look out, clowns. You're next. <laughs> right, You're yeah. next. So am I still allowed to read with an AR-15, the kids? I mean, well, how yeah, is this? Yeah, at their head. Oh, how, that's their head. how is this not prevention of free speech? How is this not literally stopping free speech? I mean, it is. And it, it's, it's also just such a bad look for Montana that was, you know, increasingly becoming a purple state. I mean, you mentioned John Tester. He's going to have a tough re-election campaign in 2024. Um, but don't forget, I mean, Steve Bullock, right? He was a Democrat governor of Montana. He tried to go for president in 2020. They just got another congressional seat because so many California folks are moving to Montana. And also, what a slap in the face to their neighbor to the south, RuPaul, who lives in Wyoming. Wow. And of course, Montana also, there is a uh, transgender legislator, I believe, out of Montana, uh, and uh, she's regular, regularly making, uh, you know, statements and, and arguments in favor of the uh, of, of transgender folks. So perhaps this is politically aimed right at her. Right. Because uh, she got censured, actually, um, for right. for the actions she took on the on the House floor. I mean, again, and who knows, that speaker could have been hammered, too, for all we know. That's what we've got right now is Republicans are drunk and Democrats are trying to do the right thing and clean up everyone's puke. Well, let's go back. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> um, let's go back to Texas. This is an interesting thing that's happening when it comes to separation of church and state. Texas public schools under a bill that has passed. Uh, The bill was approved 84 to 60. This is Senate Bill 763. It now allows unlicensed religious chaplains Mm. to replace student counselors. Uh, Many people fear that this is, quote, a Trojan horse to evangelizing to kids. And of course, when you're a child and I was a kid who grew up in the evangelical community, when you go to evangelical therapy, um, oftentimes it does more harm than good because their solutions are made up and bullshit as opposed to (laughs) any kind of licensed professional that might guide a person in the right direction. The idea that drag performance, drag reading hour is dangerous to kids but having chaplains unlicensed in the school isn't 
is truly ridiculous. As a matter of fact, this goes uh, to Illinois. This is when it comes to Catholics. More than 450 Catholic clergy in Illinois sexually abused nearly 2,000 children. That has been since 1950. This investigation is heating up now. Catholic clergy uh, sexually abused Illinois kids far more than the church has acknowledged. Mm. Again, this is why, look over there, look at the person in the heels and the dress. Meanwhile, uh, the person with the little black outfit on and that little white weird-ass thing on their neck walks in and (laughs) does horrible, horrible things. This is according um, to Attorney General Kwame Rael. They said in a news conference that investigators found 451 Catholic clergy abused 1,997 children between 1950 and 2019. Wow. That is systemic child rape in the worst possible way. And again, this is something that needs to be focused on not the dog whistle of the culture where bullshit about children being read to by someone in um, strange looking heels. Ryle said, it is my hope that this report will shine light both on those who violated their positions of power and trust to abuse innocent children and on the men in the church leadership who covered up that abuse reminds me a little bit of what happened, first of all, with Larry Nasser, mm-hmm. where that was systemic. The head of Michigan State yep. knew about what was going on. And then, of course, Jim Jordan right. as well. Mm. The scandal, the cover up and the enablers. That is so dis- there's one thing, obviously, pedophiles, uh, people who abuse children, right. people who get off on it sexually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely disgusting. Right. We can all agree. And then there's a different level of disgust for someone who doesn't even get sexually off on it, but they just don't care enough to do anything to help a victim. Yeah. It's, right. I, I'm yeah. not saying it's worse or anything. It's just, I, I think it's, it's, it's new. Are, it's lateral. It's a lateral <laughs> move, you know, because it's, I mean, that's why you look at Joe Paterno, exactly. his statue taken down and obviously Jerry Sandusky in prison. That's the Penn State scandal. But, you know, he got hit hard because he was part of the cover up. And you do wonder again, Jim Jordan. We'll see what happens now in Texas schools. It's a, they let, I don't even know why they have to let unlicensed. Right. It, it doesn't make any sense. What are we it's doing? Fine if they're chaplains, just go get educated. But we, I mean, statistically, you know, you're more likely to get molested by a dude in a robe from a Catholic church than by a dude in a dress. Absolutely. I'm just saying wow. the truth. Yeah. And just since we were talking about speakers of the house, of course, Dennis Hastert, of course, former speaker of the U S house. I don't know what he ever did about the debt ceiling or not, but he certainly used, again, like MTG used money to buy chapstick. Dennis oh. Hastert, that's what he got in trouble for, was paying hush money to all of his victims. Man, and I'll tell you, this story is just nuts. Uh, there's a dude, Father Daniel McCormack. He molested more than 100 kids. Ugh. And that's just the claims that have come forward. Right. You would imagine right. a lot of them have right. committed suicide. A lot of them just died. Mm-hmm. Some of them just want to move on and forget the horrific events that ever happened. Um, So a hundred abuse claims have been levied against him. So, I mean, I would double it. I would double. I would definitely. So it's triple it, triple it. It's just absolutely absurd that we haven't had any ramifications for this. And as a matter of fact, now we're going backwards back into the clutches of religious zealots who ate and abet an entire systemic system a systemic institution 
of child abuse. And again, the irony is Pizzagate, they're they're grooming children. Right, right. It's not right, happening right. at the pizza place, buddy. The only carb is the sacrament, and that wine is blood. And it is it's happening right in front of our eyes. And it's just so sad that people are missing the mark. Before we get too right. far off Montana, too. Are kids still allowed at, you know, uh, Hooters? Are kids still allowed at the beach? Because there's sexual stuff right. going on there, Ben. There's ladies in bikinis. Absolutely. <laughs> but it, again, it's not about it's not about sexuality. It's about it's about slowly changing the narrative to make it so that gay people and trans people are predators. They are after your kids. And then you make the narrative about predators should die. Predators mm -hmm. should die. And then you connect mm. the two slowly. You connect the two. So if all gay people and all trans people are predators yep. and all predators need to die, Ben, what are you trying to say? You know, apparently the Montana. Wow. Absolutely. It's a slippery slope. And that's how you that's how people rationalize atrocity. Uh, the Montana governor, apparently their kid, uh, they say that the, the kid identifies as non-binary. So this is might also just be a fight between the governor and his Child. One, yeah, he's mad at his child. But yeah. the, oh sad, the sad thing is uh, the Montana Office of Public Instruction has revealed that fewer than half of students in Montana were reading at or above their normal oh grade God. level. So kids aren't reading. And this right. is Montana. You know, oftentimes when, you know, the conservative uh, angle would talk about this, they would focus on places like Chicago. Mm -hmm. They focus on more urban areas when it comes to lack of education. Right. This Montana, fairly homogenous state. Uh, not a very wealthy state, but certainly a state where you I that is a surprising number to me. Right. I mean, and on the heels of the pandemic where a lot of kids because they didn't get to go to school and they had to adjust to online and Zoom learning and, and those type of classes. Right. A lot of them are already so behind anyway. And for Republicans to just attack schools, attack teachers, whoever it is who wants to read to their kids. For them to just say, get out of here, we're banning all the books. They're just setting these kids up for more failure or, hear me out, they're setting them up to go work in the meat factory, go work in the mines, because when you're 14, buddy, it's time to get a job. Well, it is sad, and it is on purpose. If you keep people uneducated and you keep them dumb, they're much easier to control. And if you if they can't read books like I 1984, if you can't read those types of books, if you can't read literature, you can't read from the past, you can't read from philosophers, makes you a hell of a dumber sheep and it makes you a fuck ton easier to shave. Yeah, and a lot easier to rape if you're some <laughs> disgusting coach, yeah. priest, chaplain, or dare I say, Republican Speaker of the House. And well, then add yeah. to that that they ban TikTok. And, and it's not, that's right. It's it, not about TikTok either. No. It's about the internet. They're banning VPNs under mm. the guise of I'm protecting you from TikTok. They're basically limiting your access to information. Ben. Yes, it does wow. read a little bit more like Mother Russia mm. and wow. China. But of course, this is Montana's Republican Governor Greg Gianforte. Uh, who signed another law that defines sex as a binary because, of course, the state should be discussing any of these issues. Because fourth grade biology pay, makes all the rules. Pay the <laughs> bills, please. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right.
right. Well, my goodness, we've been already blabbing for so long here. Let's get to uh, <laughs> let's get to Ron DeSantis. Well, okay, just just briefly, Gavin Newsom might want to put Oprah Winfrey in Diane Feinstein's seat. It's kind of a funny story. Who knows if it'll happen? She can't do any worse. Uh, yeah, Diane, there you no. go. I no. don't know why we can't. Have, she, what, I don't know what she's legislated. She gave us Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil and a whole series of other fad diets. She also told you to rub piss on your face if you had zits. I remember that episode. She's rich and disconnected. <laughs> just what we need. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Um, someone who is also disconnected, perhaps not as rich, Oath Keeper Stuart Rhodes. He was sentenced to 18 years. Uh, the The Ooh. harshest sentence. Um, sent down yet for the January 6th riot insurrection. Uh, Kristen mm. Gillibrand has been slammed for fundraising off her heritage, off of Asian Americans' heritage. Kristen Gillibrand, of course, came to national fame as she forced Al Franken out as he was a senator because she wanted to run for president. She was worried he was going to run for president, and she did run for president, and no one cared because <laughs> nobody likes her. She's a horrible, horrible, truly a horrible person. And hopefully she can get primaried at some point. But this is what Kirsten Gillibrand, this is what she's trying to do when it comes to her reelection campaign. She's pretending like all she did was help out the American, Asian American community. But this is one Asian American activist who received an invite to the New York Democrats May 25th fundraiser. Build his quote a celebration of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And what better way to celebrate than having them give you money? Uh, this is uh, what she had to say. She says, I haven't heard from her in years. This is tone deaf and it's gooch or gouch. Goosh. Goosh. Gosh. Gosh. I'm not even gauche enough to know the word go. I was like, goosh. Uh, 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 speaker, are you drunk? Uh, uh, they go on to say, here's a politician who's been MIA. Then I get out of the blue what she has done for the AAPI community, which has been under attack. And uh, they say that she has done nothing for that community. So either way, she's trying to make her money. The event uh, suggested donation ranges from $250 to $3,330. Of course. Good grief. Good God. These people have no shame. Can you imagine asking someone for that much money? Like, truly no shame. At least give me some of your chapstick, Kristen. Good grief. Oh, my gosh. Indeed. So that's Kristen Gillibrand. If you uh, have a chance to vote her out, please do it. Um, all right. Let's move on. Speaking of people that want your vote and don't deserve it. Ron DeSantis. <laughs> we got the clip. So this is a, a little clip. It's a couple of minutes. We can just kind of thumb through it. It basically highlights some of what was considered the worst presidential launch in American history. Uh, it was the first time it was done. The Pretty launch bad. was so bad. Uh, many people were speculating if Elon Musk purposely tried to screw over DeSantis. Oh, that's funny. Oh. But I think it was just horribly yeah. done on every yeah. level. Uh, Elon Musk had previously said that he wants to take out Rupert Murdoch. Of course, Twitter spaces, Twitter spaces. <laughs> it's supposed to be a new podcast type vibe. It's just, mm. it's like Discord. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically Discord, yep, right? Yep. Um, so 
people are just kind of talking at you. Unreliable Discord. Unreliable (laughs) Discord, much like when I go on Discord, it never (laughs) seems to work because I don't know how to fuck to use it. And nor did they know how to use this program, even though Elon Musk spent like a billion dollars on it last year. He bought this thing like he bought like this technology. And uh, there's the other dude on the call is David Sachs, who all he wants to talk about is Dogecoin. And um, (laughs) it was the single, again, worst presidential launch ever. And uh, let's just play uh, a little bit of some of the sweet, majestic sounds coming from Twitter spaces. Again, a place that Elon wants to have become an entity, almost like Fox News. You have Tucker Mm. Carlson, Mm. who wants to have his show on Twitter. Let's just take a look on how all that's going to work out. Uh, Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, everyone, depending on wherever in the world you're joining us from. I'm broadcasting live from David from Twitter headquarters. It's David Sachs here. Uh, Elon is sitting next to me, and we want and we want to welcome you to this historic Twitter Spaces event, (laughs) and more broadly, a first in the history of social media. Uh, Tonight, I'm pleased to introduce two individuals who've done more to loosen the. Thirty seconds of silence. Sorry about that. We we've got so many people here that I think we are. We are. uh, Oh, oh, we've got so many people, uh, which is a good sign. Um, Uh, That's that's a good sign. The the folks in in the room here. So it's safe to say we wouldn't be making history without the man sitting next to me, Elon Musk. His decision to purchase this platform last year to restore to its original mission as a beacon for free speech, and even to expose Twitter's past complicity with a government censorship regime might have surprised many, but not those of us who've known and worked with Elon for nearly a quarter century. His commitment to freedom is willing to put his money back in his mouth. We got a reverb. Can we get a little feedback in the mix, please? Thank you. hard up if you want to say thank you, Elon. Governor DeSantis first drew my attention and support. Oh, my God. Anyway, he goes on. Now DeSantis is off the call. We can fast forward a little bit. Just fast forward a little bit here. This is all audio only. This is all audio. All right. Let's see where we pick up here. 45 seconds of silence. Campaign launches are supposed to have balloons and people. All right, we're just uh, reallocating more uh, server capability uh, to be able to handle the load here. It's oh uh, really going, going crazy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm obviously very excited to so smooth. Um, have uh, Governor DeSantis. Uh, there you go. Make this. Uh, oh, my God. 45 uh, more uh, seconds uh, of silence. Well, it's certainly uh, uh, <laughs> an, an incredible honor to uh, have Governor DeSantis uh, make this uh, stark announcement. So oh. now DeSantis is calling back in. Okay, he's trying oh to join the call. Oh my god, because he got it's dropped. It's just Elon now, and so David Sachs is off. We can and, fast and forward Elon, a little bit more. Elon, even if people, if you think Elon's a genius, he's not a speaker. No, he doesn't do. And he doesn't his, his make, interview. He, he buys shit. He doesn't make shit. All right, exactly. let's go on. Okay, so this is after two point five minutes of silence. All right, great. Looks Here's like, Rod. Uh, we're ready to go here. Um, 30 oh. seconds of silence. Come on! I'm like so <laughs> annoyed. Right, like to welcome, uh, <laughs> Imagine if you're watching this live. Come on, Ron. We're just trying to start, just start trying talking, to Ron. What are we so doing? How about now? Now? How about now? It's unfortunate. I've right, like never seen this before. Welcome, so. uh, Governor DeSantis uh, for the story Stark. We're just trying. Oh my gosh. Oh my, I can oh feel gosh. the panic in the room. There's so many people. 
Oh, the panic. And it was just that people. Uh, Ron did end up speaking briefly, but again, uh, David Sachs just brought the conversation to Bitcoin and Dogecoin. And whether you want to have those conversations, that's fine. It certainly wasn't. I don't think it was the on the forefront of the American voters' minds. Anything that took place in that conversation. And that's why Ron DeSantis ran to Fox News <laughs> and gave a presentation. I think he talked to yeah. Trey Gowdy, who looks like he was born all wrong, <laughs> who looks like the <laughs> a doctor did something bad to him, dude. He's like on a puppet master or some shit. Um, <laughs> but he had to go to Fox and give a sit down, more normal, I guess, presentation they for his beginning, yeah. for the beginnings of his campaign. I, what violated. a nightmare. They tried to make history, and they did, by being one of the worst presidential campaign launches in history. Congratulations. They did it. This It's not a hard thing. You know, for 200 plus years, you you launch your campaign. You do it with an event in your hometown, surrounded by your loved ones, your biggest supporters. You got some balloons. You get some banners. You got to have a logo. It's very visual. It has to be visual. Somebody tell Ron DeSantis that if he wants to run for president, he needs to know how to interact with people and be visual and just show up. Or you do what Kamala Harris did on Meet the Press. She said, I'm running. Or, you know, you just say it on a show. But instead, Ron DeSantis did neither. No, he didn't. And perhaps Ron was attempting to avoid the criticism of how awkward he looks when giving a public speech. Yeah. Um, he again, I'm not running for president. How much does your car cost? Like he's just not a human. And so maybe he was like, I can circumvent that. And ironically enough, go back to like a radio announcement, mm. go back to when Richard Nixon thought that he could beat JFK before television began. Like maybe right. he was trying to retroactively bring new tech in to make it look like he's up to date and in the future. But in reality, trying to conceal the fact that he can't publicly speak right, for shit. Right. I don't know. Mm. Also. This is this is a producer feedback. You always wear headphones on a Zoom call, Ben. Yes. You always wear headphones. That's what was all that feedback and all that bullshit? Ron wasn't wearing <laughs> right. headphones. That's that. It's wow. that easy. <laughs> Holy hell. So. Wow. Well, I'm sure no one noticed how bad it was. Or did somebody notice perhaps Ron's biggest rival in the primary? I mean, do we want to play the troll that is Donnie? I don't. I, the, you see, the trolling is only funny if you've really seen the Twitter spaces. That's so, true. So it's like, right. yeah. But, but it's imagine being able to make fun of this. <laughs> just that. Oh, my God. Also, Ron DeSantis just signed a bill allowing him to run for president as a sitting governor of Florida. So, norm- so before he wasn't legally allowed right. to. And the day right. that he announced that he was running, oh. he signed legislation. Uh, that uh, got rid of a law that said you can't run for office, you can't run for president and be a sitting governor in Florida. So, wow, uh, which makes a lot of sense because you would think when you're the leader of one of the largest states in the country, maybe you want to focus on that. Right, right. But I guess Ron has other areas that he wants to fail at, including a horrific again. Twitter launch. And then on a serious note, Ron DeSantis has proudly championed $13.5 million for a police relocation program. Hmm. Now, 
The interesting thing about this is uh, the state is hiring a handful of police officers who have very violent records. Uh, The program began in 2021. It was meant to incentivize law enforcement officers outside of Florida to move to the state. Uh, DeSantis uh, has announced that at least 530 officers have been relocated. Unfortunately, many of those officers had to be relocated, much like the Catholic Church relocates their priests when mm. things go horribly, horribly mm. wrong, and the public finds out what's happening in the in the uh, what's being done in the dark as that uh, is brought out to the light. Um, many of these law enforcement officers relocated because they had horrible, horrible histories of violence, so racial wow. profiling, you name it. That's one of the reasons why the NAACP has said, hey, if you're black, just be careful traveling to Florida. Um, I mean, I think you will be safe, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But then again, I mean, hey, I can't I don't know. I'm a big old I'm a big old Caucasian man. So uh, I don't uh, I can't speak on that. But things like this are reasons why people feel chilling effect in Florida. And to your previous point again, Fernando, when it comes to um, demonizing and crucifying marginalized groups um it's very easy to just flip that into and then we all make them illegal and then all of a sudden they're criminals and all of a sudden they're violent and then boom they're filling our presence so the prison industrial complex is just fine as always i can't wait for all the hot lesbian action that these uh, librarians (laughs) are going to participate in (laughs) as they're behind bars for showing children words (laughs) it's unbelievable So DeSantis Mm. said in an interview in April, I am proud to announce that more than 1,750 new law enforcement officers have received bonuses through the law enforcement recruitment bonus program. First in the nation in law enforcement recruitment because of our focus on back the blue initiatives that make our law enforcement officers feel supported by their communities. So, you know, it'll be real fun. Um, So be careful out there in Florida Mm. as your governor continues to just not give a shit about you and only cares about his political future, which in my personal opinion seems to get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer when it comes to the potential that he's the new light that this GOP needs in order to become president of the United States once again. Yeah. The only positive of Ron DeSantis running for president here for the next year is that maybe he'll leave Florida citizens alone for maybe you know he can't oh rush back to sign another shitty bill he's too busy eating pudding on a plane <laughs> all right well and then also to that point in South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster he got a little bit of heat from Democrats uh, because this is what he said quote uh, I look forward to the day that Democrats are so rare we have to hunt them with dogs oh, oh dear Oh, don't say that. I look that. forward to the day Democrats are so rare we have to hunt them with dogs. That's coming that's, again from the South Carolina governor, Henry McMaster. Yeah, the last show where we covered that they're trying to redline black people out of Democrat districts into Republican districts. So, um, mm-hmm, yeah, they, I, I would not use the terminology referencing making groups of people so irrelevant you can hunt them with dogs. No. I'm just going to say don't do not do that. And also robot dogs, Boston Dynamics. I mean, my beep, God, beep, beep. Uh, this is according um, to Sally. This is what she had to say. That's the Anderson County Democratic Party uh, chairman, Chris Sally. 
Uh, they say, as a black gay man in America, I've had to be on guard for people trying to hunt me down most of my life. And I know thousands of people across South Carolina are forced to feel the same. True. This rhetoric emboldens violent extremists, chills political discourse, and needs to end. So it's, uh, thank God we're going to have unlicensed chaplains. Thank oh, God. Wow. Thank God for yeah. that. I don't know. Today's episode, it was like, I don't know what's going on. This culture war stuff is really nuts, huh? Crazy. It really is getting nuts. All right. Well, I guess that's about it. Oprah, you got my vote. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oprah, yeah. you're our last no, hope, no apparently. Oprah? No on Oprah? No. We I'd take to... a President Oprah. I guess. I don't know. No. No? No. I, how, how she ate she... a bunch of mac and cheese once. <laughs> <laughs> you know that story? She, d- said she, she said she was depressed and ate seven pounds of mac and cheese. And I was like, you got my vote. That's, you know what? At least she's... Tells the truth. <laughs> and you know who would be the best first dude is Stedman. Uh, you don't like uh, Stedman? I, I've never seen him. I don't think he's real. I think he's just a cover for Gale. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> he's Gale in a show. I don't know. All right. Well, there you go. You heard it here first, folks. Fernando is a no on O. Well, if it's between Oprah and like uh, Bolton, <laughs> I'd rather go for Bolton. What? Yeah, why not? Coup the tar, everybody. Bolton? Get everybody. Oh Take them all out. He knows a thing or two about coups. Couscous indeed. All right, everyone. Well, hang in there. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.